On a, uh, on a day in the 1930s, a young man who was passionate about Jesus was walking, uh, not walking, he was driving down a dusty Californian road. And he saw a hitchhiker and decided to pick him up. And as the, the hitchhiker entered the vehicle, he said, Whoa, Jesus Christ, isn't it hard to get a ride these days? And the, the man, who was passionate about Jesus, said, Jesus Christ, hey, let me tell you about him. And so over the next hour, he invited that man to follow Jesus. And that man accepted that invitation and prayed to make Jesus Lord and Savior, which was awesome. So he dropped uh, the hitchhiker off, and that was just an incredible story. About uh, a year later, uh, that, that man was driving down the same dusty Californian road, and he saw another hitchhiker with his thumb out, and he picked him up, and he got inside the vehicle, and the hitchhiker said again, Jesus Christ, isn't it hard to get a ride these days? And the man looked at the hitchhiker, and he's like, oh, I know you. Didn't we do this last year? And it was the same man he'd picked up the year before. But as they talked about Jesus, the man who picked up the hitchhiker realized the hitchhiker's life hadn't changed. Although he'd given his life to Jesus the year before, nothing had changed in his lifestyle. He was still living the very same life he was living prior to the year before. And so what, the, what this man uh, his name was Dawson Trotman, realized was that, yes, introducing people to Jesus is so important, but, but there's more to that, that we need to not just introduce people to Jesus, but we need to walk alongside them and encourage them in their faith. And so what he termed that was follow-up. And so he started a whole movement on this idea of follow-up, that we don't just introduce people to Jesus once, but we follow up with them for a lifetime. Uh, others have used the word in, in the movement and outside the movement, discipleship or spiritual mentorship. And so for 90 years, the navigators have been practicing this follow-up, spiritual mentorship, discipleship. It's this idea of walking alongside people for the long haul so that they can form deep connections with Jesus. And then do the same with others, walk alongside others so they can form deep connections with Jesus. I, uh, I first encountered the navigators at UBC. I had just uh, had a great experience in high school leading a Christian club. And to be honest, I wasn't really that interested in the navigators. I, uh, I wanted to change the university for Jesus. And I saw them and their model of follow-up and one-on-one -on -one relationships as too small. I thought, oh, I want something big that's going to change everything for Jesus. But as I got to know them a little bit, I realized that, yes, there, are, there is a time and place for big events that are great, but there's also something so important and profound when we just walk alongside each other with the hope and the, the goal of getting to know Jesus better and following him well. And so I was so blessed by getting involved with them, by not having, having my heart transformed. But I got to see my friends, those who were Christians, grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus just by 
walking alongside each other, studying the scriptures together, praying together, encouraging one another. And then I even had a couple friends who weren't Christians who came to faith in Christ. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. We spent years, and we still do with some of them, meet together and pray and grow together. And so I share this this morning, as Ken said, because I'm transitioning, not from ECC, but out of the role of associate pastor to the work of, uh, uh, with the Navigators as a national campus director. And I am just so excited about that role. I'm really passionate about what the Navigators do, but I'm also just really passionate about this idea of walking alongside each other to do the work of Jesus. And so that's what I want to share this morning. I'm not just going to share about the Navigators, uh, because Jesus' work is so much bigger than them, but I want to share the way of life that Jesus invites all of us into. And so I'm going to start by reading from Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I'd like to walk through this passage kind of idea by idea, because there's so much we can learn from Jesus here. So it starts by saying that Jesus went through all the towns and villages in that area. And I find that so interesting because Jesus here took initiative. He went from town to town, from person to person, from crowd to crowd. Jesus went. He didn't just wait. And I think we can learn from Jesus here. We are called, like Jesus, to go where people are at and not just wait from them. Jesus didn't go everywhere. He limited his ministry to a specific area, and we're not called to go everywhere. I'm not sure where you're called to go, but I think you are called to go, whether it's your neighborhood, your friends, your family, your workplaces. I don't know where God may call you to, but may we be people who don't just wait, but we go. Jesus went. He didn't just wait, and I think we're called to do the same. Uh, The second thing to observe here is that Jesus was teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Uh, the, The word proclaiming here means a call to action. So Jesus is inviting people into a new way of life, the way of the kingdom. He isn't just teaching them, although that's good. He's proclaiming and inviting them into the way of the kingdom, into a way of life where God is king. That's what kingdom means in this sense. Where God is king, where we give up control to him. And that's really good news. It says it's the good news of the kingdom. Why is it good news that God is king, that we can give up control? Because God loves us and knows us more than anyone else. He knows and loves us so well that giving up control to him is the best decision we can make every day. Jesus was teaching and proclaiming the kingdom. But he wasn't just doing that. He was also caring for them. 
He cared for their physical needs, healing every disease and sickness. I mean, isn't that a good sign of good news? That he was healing their physical bodies. And he wasn't just healing their physical bodies. He was caring for their emotional needs as well. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. This word compassion is often used in the New Testament. And it means that he's got this, uh, his innermost being is moved. Is kind of the literal Greek translation here. His innermost being is moved. He had compassion on them. He had a deep ache for the people he saw. I just love that. Jesus wasn't indifferent to the people. He wasn't just teaching and proclaiming and healing. He ached for them. He had a deep compassion for them. He cared for them on a mental level, on a physical level, on an emotional level. He's meeting the needs of the whole person here. He's engaging their whole selves. He goes to them. He preaches to them. He invites them. He heals them. He has compassion on them. And so I just love this passage because in a lot of ways, it encapsulates Jesus' ministry, what he did in each town with each person at every time. And so as we look at this text, I want to be asking us two things. One, are we willing to have Jesus meet us where we're at? Are we willing to have him heal us? Are we willing to be invited into a way of life where he is king? Are we willing for his compassion and deep ache for us to transform us? And if he does, if he does transform us, are we then willing to do the same? As Jesus' followers, we're invited to follow him and be like him. So are we willing to go where God calls us? To go and not just wait. To invite people into his kingdom. To proclaim something so good for them. But to have a deep sense of compassion for people as we heal. When I think about that, if all of us did that, I mean, I think the world would change. If everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus did those things, I think the world would change. But we don't. And the reality is, we're just so far from that. And the reality is, that's because it's really hard to do all those things. And maybe we're not called to do everything in the same way Jesus did, but I think we're called in some ways to do that. So ask God, how is he calling you to do those things? How is he calling you to do those things? What's interesting here is what Jesus says next. After um, doing all this incredible work, and after I read this text being challenged to do this work, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's interesting. What what is Jesus saying here, and why does he say it right after doing all the things he did? What does he mean by harvest? Well, I think it's actually pretty clear if you read it in context. Matthew had just 
said, Matthew, the author of the book, had just said, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The plentiful harvest that Jesus is talking about is the fact that all of us are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We all need a good shepherd. We all need Jesus to guide us, to lead us, to give us new life, to invite us into his new way. And so seeing this deep need, the fact that the harvest is plentiful, Jesus asks us to do what? To pray for more workers. To pray for more workers. To ask God for more workers. I find, I find this interesting that Jesus, he does all these great things. And then he sees the crowds and he sees their deep need their physical, emotional, spiritual needs. And before sending his followers, which he does right after this in Matthew 10, before sending his followers out to meet those needs, he asks them to pray for more workers. Because if there were just more workers doing the work of Jesus, oh man, the world would change. Jesus does send his followers out. I won't read it, but you can go right to Matthew 10. He does send his followers out to do his work. But he asks people to pray first. He asks people to pray first. Uh, Another word I just want to stop, pause briefly, and talk about is the word worker. Um, What does Jesus mean by worker? Well, a a worker, in the sense that Jesus is talking about, is someone who does Jesus' work. Someone who has compassion. Someone who meets people's physical needs. Someone who proclaims the kingdom and someone who meets people where they're at. And the word worker here, though, isn't a special kind of professional. Uh, The Greek word here, ergotai, simply means everyday field hands. Just everyday people who would go into the fields and pick things. You don't need special training. It's just everyday people doing the work of God. We all can be workers for the kingdom. So I take a look at Jesus' prayer request and I think, wow, that's a huge prayer request to have more and more of these everyday people doing Jesus' work. So my question is, how do we get there? How do we be equipped to do Jesus' work? I just said we don't need special type of training, but maybe I'm going to disagree with that statement for just a second. We need a certain type of training That's not for professionals, but for all of us. And that's the training of walking alongside Jesus and each other. As I said, right after sharing this prayer request, Jesus sends his followers out to do his work. But they weren't sent out without any prior equipping. Jesus had equipped them for years by walking alongside them. If we, if we zoom out and take a look at Jesus' ministry, we see him doing what he did in this small section over and over again. He's going from town to town. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's uh, teaching about the kingdom. He's telling them parables that illustrate the kingdom. And he's inviting them into this new way of life. But if you follow Jesus, unlike some amazing teachers and preachers, what you notice is that Jesus never does this alone. Jesus, as he goes from town to town, 
it always mentions these 12 apprentices that are with him. And these are ordinary men. These are fishermen or tax collectors and others. And they left their old way of life behind and they just followed. They walked where he walked. They ate where he ate. They slept where he slept. They did everything with him. And as they did that, I believe that they were being equipped to do his work. They, as they walked alongside Jesus, were mentored by him. They were taught by him. And they picked up how Jesus did his work. And it wasn't just these 12 young men. There's a large group of people. In in Luke chapter 8, it says, it gives an illustration of him going from town to town. And it says, Jesus traveled about from one town to a village, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, along with some women. And it it goes further on to say that these women, some of them had been cured by Jesus. And others were people of kind of wealthy standing that actually financed the whole ministry. They were the ones fully financing the ministries. So it says here that he's going from town to town with these 12 and some women. And all of them, I think the men and the women, they were mentored by Jesus, by how he taught, by how he acted, by how he loved. They were mentored by Jesus, by how he taught, acted, and loved. And I hope you're getting this picture. It's a group of people from all sorts of different standing, but they're just ordinary field workers following Jesus. And by walking alongside of him, they're equipped to do his work. I just love the model Jesus has here. Jesus invites us into his ways of meeting people where they're at, inviting them into a kingdom, caring for their physical needs and having compassion for them. And he invites us to praying for more workers. But the model he uses to equip workers is by walking alongside his followers, day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, with intentional spiritual mentorship. Now, I want to be clear. Intentional spiritual mentorship, walking alongside people, is not the only model God uses. There are many good models that God uses to equip his people. It's not the only one. But it clearly is one we see in the life of Jesus, and it's clearly one that God can use, he has used, and will use. And it's, it's, it's one that I'm really passionate about, Going back to the first story I told, I think it can be unkind sometimes if we just introduce people to Jesus, but then send them off to do his work without equipping them. I mean, isn't that unkind to introduce people to Jesus, but then send them off to do his work without equipping them? And so I'm specifically passionate about this model as it relates to university students. When I think about the harvest is plentiful, I think about young adults, and I specifically think about university students. I mean, I just read recently that 70% of university students in Canada reported feeling not just lonely, but very lonely. 70%. 40% of university students in Canada leave the Christian way that they were brought up in. They leave uh, their Christian family and say, I'm no longer identified with that. And, and many, many, many more have never even heard of Jesus or been invited into his way of life. The harvest is so plentiful on university campuses. And so I'm just so honored that in my role with the Navigators of Canada as a national campus director, I get to think through how can we meet this need? 
how can we support young leaders on campuses who are walking alongside each other? And how can we invite more people into walking alongside each other so they can support each other and do the work of Jesus? Caring for each other's physical, emotional, and spiritual needs on campuses. And then having that ripple effect. If we mentor people, disciple people, then they can do the same with their friends on campuses. My hope is that that this Navigator's model of walking alongside people will be part, not whole, there's so many other things out there, but part of the answer to Jesus' prayer request for more workers in a harvest that's so plentiful. And I think if we have a new generation of students who are transformed by Jesus and committed to the model of walking alongside each other, I don't think just campuses will be changed. I think families, friendships, neighborhoods, churches, and society can be changed in small ways as people walk alongside each other so that they can form deep relationships with Jesus and each other and then pass that on to others. So as I transition into this role, would you join me in praying the prayer Jesus asked us to pray for? Would you, in my, sense, in my context, would you just join me in praying for students who catch that vision to do the work of Jesus on campuses? I, I would just love for you to pray with me in that. I'd also just appreciate your prayer requests for me as I transition to this role. I want to be faithfully walking alongside Jesus so that I go where he leads, not where I want to go. So I'd really appreciate your prayers. And and as I ask you for the navigators and for myself, I also want to invite you to think, what does this mean for you in your life? You probably won't join the navigators, and that's good, because God needs you where you're at. And so what does it mean in your life to be doing the work of Jesus? To be proclaiming the kingdom? To be inviting people into a good news way of life, to be meeting people's physical needs, to be showing deep compassion to them. What does that look like in your life? And how can you be praying for more workers in your context, for more people who do that work where you're at alongside you? Because we all need people alongside each other. I know I do. And I know you do too. And it's beautiful to be part of a community where we walk alongside each other. But isn't the harvest so plentiful? And aren't the workers few? Let's all be praying for the Lord of the harvest to be providing more workers in our contexts wherever we're at. Let me pray. God, I am so thankful that you just modeled this way of walking alongside your people. And Lord, I pray for whatever context anyone here or watching online or outside is in, that you give them your spirit to lead them to do your work. And I pray for more people to come alongside them so they can do your work together. Lord, thank you that you are so good to us. And so I just pray that we go where you go, that we follow in your ways and that you lead us, God. Amen.